Welcome to another edition, video edition of the scenario. Uh, we are back. We are finally back in here. Uh, Matt, my brother, how are you doing? I'm making it, man. I uh, went outside for a uh, for some physical activity. I feel like everybody's in jail. So I went outside and had some yard time today and uh, got me in three miles. But it was funny because I looked at my uh, Nike run thing and it had like, I had 600 uh, 662 miles. I was like, oh, I got to either do three or I got to do five because I can't have that 666 miles sitting on my thing. It's enough stuff going wrong as is. So I, I, I did a shorter run so I can skip over that 666 tomorrow. But I'm good, brother. Can't complain. <laughs> um, uh, it's been cool, man. I can't complain with the, the Rona has been the Rona. Um, the, the little Rona, it always seemed like it's around the corner. You do, bro. Uh, every day I, I, I wake up coughing or I sneeze or something. And then you hear somebody else, if you're on the phone with somebody, and they hear you sneeze and you'd be like, no, 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 I want nothing. But they won't think you got the Rona. <laughs> like, yeah. You're like, no, 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 yeah. I ain't do nothing, man. I, I kind of You know, it's you're dusty a in the office. <laughs> Uh, but man, we see, see. So one of the things I was like, you know, I, I look for a silver lining. But I said, you know, listen, this is like the first time we're booking a show. Where everybody kind of is in the same place. So we're going to be able to catch up with people that there's no possible way that we could catch up with any other time. And I think our guest for this episode I is somebody who I think might be that. a little bit busy <laughs> this time of the year, maybe. <laughs> so I was just so man, introduce, introduce, introduce our guest, man. Yeah, for, man. For, for, uh, for the day, man. I'm happy about producer. this. Formerly of um, TNT, TBS uh, with Shaq and all those boys on the NBA tonight. But now he moved over and got more paper, more uh, accolades <laughs> over at uh, NBA TV, like like a young St. Louis player should. Uh, <laughs> uh, from the Lou, uh, Hazelwood Central, you know. West. Uh, oh, West. Hazelwood West. My bad, West. My bad, West. The, the, and, uh, the sister of the Hazelwood schools. Right, uh, uh, the long lost sister. You were at the beginning <laughs> when Hazel, you were there when Hazelwood West when everybody thought white people went there. Yes, yes, <laughs> for sure. Now it's different. But then people thought all white people went to Hazelwood West. <laughs> and Simo, Simo uh, graduate as well, uh, Atlanta-based, uh, man, one of the homies, man, uh, one of my thorns on my side on FIFA soccer as well. Uh, yeah, man, well I, I, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I need to talk to both of y'all about that, man. But, yeah, Keith, <laughs> Keith Robinson in the building, man. Hey, thank you for taking time, brother. We truly appreciate it, man. No, it's a ple it's a pleasure to join y'all, man. I've been a big fan, long time listener, man. Y'all, y'all have keep y'all keep me connected to what's going on back home in St. Louis. So I'm I'm constantly listening. Way back to the straight out of low cash days with Javon and, yeah, and Teddy yeah, was yeah. on there acting the fool. So yeah, Javon's uh, coming it's back great too, to be man. He got some coming up this week, man. So it's, it's gonna okay, be funny cool. when I get it edited. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, still... man, thanks for having me. Absolutely, brother. I mean, I, yeah, you bring up Javon, man. I still listen to like the best ofs, and I'd be like, this dude, <laughs> like literally, this dude is a whole fool, man. Like, no, he's crazy a fool. Man. I know this guy. <laughs> dude, he's got a whole thing, man. Uh, I'll tell y'all who the person is after we off the air, but he has a whole uh, sketch he's doing on like dudes that be like somebody will say like like say Crazy Bone and versus uh they said with uh three six mafia bj paul having a battle and this one particular person always jumps on facebook i remember when i was in a studio with them one time and i told them to, to keep it <laughs> y'all may know who i'm talking about it ain't no it is nothing like somebody that always likes to say who they with like yeah, yeah. always and, and like, like, hey, on, are they saying you know are they saying that they know you too 
No, they say they know you too, or you just bringing them up. Because if that's the case, this ain't this ain't a two way thing. This is not a relationship. This is not a friendship. No, this is a name drop. Uh, you just happen to be in the studio. Maybe you was riding by with the mop, like uh, like Bodie on the wire when he when he rolled out the uh, the spot with the with the with the with the mop in the uh, the, uh, the mop bucket, kind of walking by looking. So, Yo, speaking I mean, hey, speaking of the wire, man, did y'all hear that uh, that uh, that Van Lathan and Jamel Hill got a uh, wire podcast? Yeah, I, I've been listening. Yeah, on the ringer. Yeah. I'm listening to every episode, dog. <laughs> so, so I think we talked about. I don't know if we talked about this on the show or whatnot. I said that when that when the Ringer signed um, Van Lathan, I said, "Oh, it's the affirmative action hire." Finally, thank you, Ringer. I appreciate it. <laughs> but now, but now I see that Bill is like channeling in folks that are, uh, you know, and, and channeling in for the culture. So I'm like, I right, bet, bet, bet. I'm okay now. Right. It's not a representative. I mean, but wasn't Shea Serrano technically his first one? Well, but Shea ain't a brother though. But I mean, you said affirmative action, though. You know, I was just saying. Oh, uh, you know. okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I guess that's a bigger picture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what's the, what's that scholarship they gave out? The uh, the the uh, the African American Legacy Scholarship. Or something? Oh no, Mizzou had a few of them. Mizzou had a few of them. I couldn't get any of them because I transferred. But that's neither here nor there. But uh, with keep coming on the show, man. I had to dig into the crates, man. I, I got the the Seattle SuperSonics joint out. That's right, man. I uh, I'm 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 excited, man, because because in St. Louis, a lot of times I'm like, man, we can't talk about NBA because you know my background being in sports radio is like I would love to get into NBA, yeah. but the audience would be like, this doesn't mean anything to me. Talk right. more about the Cardinals. Talk more about the Blues. Right. At that point in time, drag the Rams a little bit more. Just give right. us something. <laughs> but man. I feel like that's a huge thing that's missing in St. Louis is what the NBA could do here. Cause I think the NBA would eat. I just don't see the pathway for it to come here currently. Yeah. That's, that's something that's always frustrating me about St. Louis is that we, we pride ourselves being a, a, a big sports town. Um, M- NBA ratings always does really well in, in the St. Louis. Um, but like you said, when you get on sports talk radio, um, or even even when I was working at Channel Five, you know, I started at Channel Five, and, and and I would cut highlights. And the only time I would have NBA highlights would be Christmas Day, or if at the time if David Lee did something, or Larry Hughes was doing something. Like now, it would be Brad or Jason Tatum, uh, or Ben McLemore. But like that would be the only time that you would see NBA highlights. Ben McLemore in, in the league. St. Louis. Is Ben McLemore still in the league? Oh wow. yeah, I think yeah, he's, he's with the Rockets. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We got yeah, he's, he's, he's been had a, a great season with the Rockets too. He, really? he was okay. He was he was out, he was out the NBA last year, and uh, he, he's with the Rockets now. Yeah, I always got worried when I saw that Ben was out the league, man, because I always felt like Ben McLemore was like one of them sleeper cats that came out the loop. Yeah. Like, like you knew it was there, but it wasn't a lot of cats that was getting up to go to Wellston to watch nobody ball. <laughs> Uh, let alone, like, nobody's going to Wellston in general. I grew up about uh, three blocks from Wellston, and I wasn't going to Wellston. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, for him to come out and do what he's done, man, you got him, you got Patrick McCall. Like, St. Yeah. Louis has, like, a basketball legacy that's not even, like, way back in the day. Like, right now, there's a bunch of cats that can ball out of the crib that if there was a team in St. Louis, there would be, like, love. And I think it would even be even more kids that would be coming out. But that was my only thing about it is, like, I don't know if St. Louis could support an NBA team only because the way that the sports calendar is set up, right? So, you know, NBA, you're talking about between September when training camp opens all the way to June, if you win it all. Mm -hmm. And for St. Louis, you're fighting up against um, college football with Mizzou. You're fighting up against um, St. Louis Blues. 
The the Cardinals are always in October. Uh but you got they on the up and up, man. They just signed the number one player in St. Louis, I saw last week, man. So the Mizzou, Mizzou football on, on the on the, on the come about, It's about time we didn't keep letting Bob Stoops or Ohio State come in and <laughs> take them out of here. But uh it's just the way the calendar falls. So you're talking about Cardinals to October and then starting back up in April. You got the blues. Um, and that's 41 nights of 41 home games that you that says St. Louis would have to support. I don't I mean, I, I think I think it might be enough, but I, that's what I would worry about. I don't know what you all feel, but I, f- I feel like, you know, I feel like the problem is, is that and maybe this has kind of been changed a little bit is, is that there wasn't the venue for a while. Like everybody says, go to the Scott trade or go to the whatever you want to call it, whatever it's yeah. just the enterprise now. But the problem was, is that it didn't have enough luxury boxes for an NBA right. team to come to town. And you're going to be a big part of anything, huge part for the Cardinals, um, you know, selling corporate sponsorships. And if you're not being able to sell those corporate th- nights that are going in those luxury boxes and things like yeah. that, can you support it? And the Blues does well, but the Blues are a a community type of team. You know, they've got, yeah, they've got their people that they're built in with, and, and they're going to always follow them, and they're going to be there and do their thing. But um, also, it takes big money to mm-hmm. get an NBA team. And I don't know who the person is in St. Louis that's got the roots here that would be able, that would be willing to do that. I mean, maybe my man from, uh, from square or, you know, my, my yeah. guy from, uh, from, from Twitter might do it, but I mean, they're not here, you know? So, I mean, how would that actually play out? The, the enterprise family probably would have been the ones to do it, but they just, they just invested into that MLS squad. So and that's yeah, another team that would, that would, <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not a lot of, it's not billions that's sitting out there. Cause like you said, it's going to cost, well, actually, I don't know. There's been some reports now that, because we're in this COVID situation that all these teams are losing money, we may see in the next year or so some of these franchises throughout all of sports come on the market. And and they may not be going as much as they were before all this had happened. You know, I mean, before teams were selling for billions like of dollars, it might be a couple now, hundred right? million now. Because basically the Houston Rockets owner is in a negative now, right? Like he's basically yeah. – like he – all his money is in tourism. So like – Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the crazy thing about it is you're going to see a lot of that stuff impact a lot of teams in sports, I feel like, because, you know, and especially in the NFL. Now, those guys have astronomical money. But, you know, based on how things are right now, they're not going to get a dollar from the gate. They're not going right. to get a piece of profit even if they do bring the team the, – the sport back. So, I mean, it would all be from media packages. It would all be a lot – different income that would happen based on you know what operating costs look like so the sports landscape on the other side of this COVID-19 thing is going to most certainly change for a whole lot of teams and you know and that's a good point you made though Keith is saying that you know maybe that does open up the door for more people to get in the game because these guys are going to be looking to divest themselves of these uh of this really an expense now the, the only other thing I would say about St. Louis, too, is is you wearing that shirt, Matt. Seattle's at the at the front of the line when it comes to getting the NBA franchise. Oh, uh, no, they so. already in the club. Like, Seattle's like <laughs> in the club, but it's like they like they say, they're saying, like, your booth is going to be available in a minute. Just wait. Like, right. wait for the wait. They're just waiting. <laughs> well, in Seattle, man, anybody that's been to Seattle, I mean, that's just one of the cities just growing on top of growing mm-hmm. and growing. I mean, they've got the NHL team coming there in two years. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got what the Seahawks have done there. It's just an amazing thing how they own MLS has been big there. The Sounders are big for soccer, too. The Sounders are huge. Obviously, the Mariners are there. I think the Sonics, the Sonics are just a theft, though. Like, it's just like the Sonics, (laughs) the Sonics are supposed to be there. I bought this joint more or less. I bought this shirt because I'm just like, you know what? I feel like this is like a Montreal Expos hat 
or, you know what I'm saying, or something like that. Like, yeah. you know, hey, I support the teams that should still exist, especially the ones from my childhood. Does, this, does yeah. the city of Seattle own the name Supersonics, too? So when they come back, they can actually name the Supersonics again, right? Yeah. And, yeah. They, and they have the arena already built. Like, they are ready. They are just, like you said, they in the club. They're just waiting for somebody to slip up. Yeah. Now, now, do you feel like if the NBA grows, though, the NBA would have to grow by two teams, or could they do incremental? Would they be able to go to 31, then 32, or what would that look like? Well, there have been talks about if they were to expand, you know, Seattle being up there, they, they would want to go international, whether that be down in Mexico City. I'm not sure if they would be bold enough to go across the pond just yet. So yeah. it would be, you know, whether uh, Canada gets another team. You know, they used to have Vancouver that that uh, now are the Memphis Grizzlies. So I think they would probably, if they were to expand, they would probably expand by two teams. But mm -hmm. that would mean the owners would then want to split their their pie two different ways as well. So right. I wouldn't look for them to expand. And so soon I would look for once we get out of this COVID situation, some of these teams that might be on the fringe already, like the San Antonio's or um, the Indiana's, uh, Orlando's, those type of franchises who are already Sacramento. Sacramento just built a new arena, but those type of small market franchises who are already on the fringe are going to be losing a ton of money. Those would be the ones that would probably, in my opinion, be the ones to move next. And you, you, like you, I said, you, Seattle, Louisville, Mexico City, all, Kansas City, even will all be at the top of the list. Well, how do you, with everybody being in, being interested in this Vegas market, you know, I mean, you got the Raiders that are coming there. You know, you had the the Golden Knights had big success there. I know that Major League Baseball's kind of had their eye on that area as well as Portland. You know, the NBA just feels like they would be, you know, the league that will most certainly look at that. Or is that too much of a risk <laughs> to put the no. NBA out there full time? You know, a lot of what the NBA do, uh, do that they let the G League and the WNBA kind of be the guinea pigs yeah, and kind of test call. the market. And, you know, the WNBA has their franchise, the Aces, in Las Vegas. So they've already got a good sample size of what a team in Las Vegas can do and, what, and obviously the support that they get as, as well as the Golden Knights, the hockey team. Um, so I don't think the NBA – the NBA wants to get into the gambling field just like everybody else does. Mm -hmm. And I could definitely see Vegas being another spot that they would definitely want to expand to. I feel like any the, – the league that would be – that makes the most sense for, like, your point, though, about the NBA going international is basketball. I mean, basketball is truly the world's yeah. game. You know what I mean? There's that, and along with soccer. But, I mean, out of the, the four major ones in the United States, I say – to mm -hmm. say at least. I mean, that's the world's game. It may, it's always made more sense to me that the NBA go abroad again, um, mm -hmm. as, especially on the background of what the Raptors just did, you right. know, than, than the NFL, which is still really America's sport, you know, but I right. mean, it's just not everywhere the same way basketball is. You know? Right. Now, this is and after that, I definitely after watching the last that last episode of the last dance, you know that just is where that's that's where the that's where the spark got lit for the NBA all across the world was right sure. then and there. Sure. And it's something that uh, I you know. I mean, you know, Keith, you keep up with soccer as well. I don't. Why does the NBA not do a tiered system like the uh, like the English Premier League, where you'll have sixteen teams in a one division, sixteen teams in another, and the top two or three teams move up, the top two or three teams and that will move yeah. down, and you can put more teams in some of these other markets that you may want to get into. You don't get none the big pie until you get into that bigger, that bigger pie. I think. I think we're getting there. I think. Um, you know, because of the popularity of the Premier League, the Champions League and soccer, you, we've heard Adam Silver talk about 
move into sort of this kind of format similar to what soccer does. And he kind of introduced this uh, mid-season tournament where they would have, they would play for some cup. And with that work, and we've had people say, who would care about the cup? Why, why would they play for it? Why would the players care for it? Um, initially, nobody would probably care for it. But over time, you would have to build some sort of incentive, whether, whether the winner gets a draft pick out of it. Or maybe maybe if you, if you create a uh, – I've heard some scenarios where if you create a, uh, a, a point system where every win in the tournament adds on to your regular season win totals. So say you are the Indiana Pacers and your regular season win total is 48, but in the tournament you won four games, now all of a sudden you're a 52-win team. So now all of a sudden those games matter. So hmm. I think the NBA is close to trying to figure out what that could be, but they're definitely going to move towards a, a, a midseason tournament. And I think the ultimate goal I would love to see is having just the best 16 teams in the playoffs, one through 16. You could have Portland versus Miami in the first round, and that way we truly get – we could have two teams in the West in the, in the NBA Finals. Nobody would care as long as we have the two best teams in the NBA Finals. I, I, I like that idea, too, man, because I think that, you know, when you talk about them testing the water the teams in other markets, you know, I looked at what they did with the All-Star game over the last three years, and I think that's been one of the best changes to anything yeah. in sports. And I think that, you know, what they did with the scoring this year was phenomenal. But the fact that you put the guys out there to pick teams and, you know, I mean, you have more intrigue that way. I yeah. think that, you know, that proves that people, you know, the, the days of, you know, it needing to be Boston versus L.A. every year, I don't think that means as much. You know, if you right. got to the point now where you had the Lakers play the Clippers in the finals, people would care just as much and wouldn't really give a damn where those teams were based at as long as the best teams was playing in the end. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so, let's go into your story, though, man. Like, uh, so, like, how, how did, so how was your journey? Like, so you started out at SEMO. Like, what is your steps and journey? To get to where you are now. No, we got that right already. You started off at Hazelwood West. West. Yeah, West. Let's say. It all really began there, man. Like, I've been in sports my whole life. My whole family's in sports. You know, my uncle played baseball at SLU. My dad played baseball growing up at Sumner High. And uh, I grew up around the sport. My grandfather played the Negro League. So, oh, baseball and sports have been a part of my life, my entire life. And, and I grew up wanting to, wanting to be like Mike speaking of the last dance, and, and play professional ball. But then once I got to high school, I was like, I need to figure out what I could do outside of sports and, and, um, or outside of the game, but be attached to it. And I always wanted to be a part of uh, professional sports. So back in high school, I knew I wanted to be a uh, sports writer. So I was the sports editor of our school paper. Um, went to, went to lost his Hazel West was taken back in the day. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Actually, well, I'm bas- I will say, my senior, junior, senior basketball team, we beat East, we beat Central. Oh, we beat East lost East? to McCool North. Senior? Yeah, we beat Central. Like we, that was, that was probably, we, we, ne- we were never good at football, but we beat Central our, our senior year. So. What year did you come out? 01. Okay, 01. Okay. Oh, you was out there, with, was, you was out there with, uh, with Brian, Lyles. Yeah, no. B, yeah, B Lyles is my guy. So our, our, our senior team, uh, our, we were together all four years. So junior year, it was – 11 juniors and one senior, and then senior year, the whole squad was all seniors, 12 seniors oh, all on the team. I feel um, bad. I feel bad for 02. For <laughs> <laughs> real. That's like, going to, that's like going to Kentucky now or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like Wisconsin. Uh, that's like Wisconsin. 
where everybody knows yeah yeah, yeah, real. yeah. That's real. That's real. um but yeah so i want to be a sport i know i want to be a sports writer um did some internships and stuff even in high school back then i knew mizzou was the was the school and northwestern were the two schools near us to to go for that and i just knew the competition there would be crazy um, so I, that's why I chose CMO. CMO was a little, you know, nobody really knows about it down in the Boo Hill, about 10,000 students, but it really gave me an opportunity to do whatever I wanted. And so down in CMO, I was the sports editor for the Capitol Arrow, the, the school newspaper down there as well. So continued my writing skills, uh, did some writing for the Southeast Missourian down there. And it wasn't until my senior year of college where I had to do an internship for a television class. Um, I did the internship at KSDK in St. Louis. That's when I got introduced to television. I had no introduction to television prior to that, really, besides a, a class, one, one class my senior year. And that's when I fell in love with it. And I've been in television ever since. I basically taught myself, uh, with the help of some of the producers there, how to produce a show, how to time a show, um, how to work behind the scenes um, in, a, in a TV studio. That was right when, and Matt, you might remember this, Right when Channel 5 had Cardinal games on Sundays. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is like 08, 09, something like yeah. that. Um, you know, we did product, we did pre and post shows. We had Sunday Night Sports Plus. And I was just a production assistant at the time, but I, I kept my foot in the sports office and was helping them with whatever they needed and started producing segments on the pregame show. And then those segments grew to doing the whole show. And the same thing for Sports Plus. And, uh, I was at I was at KSDK for six years. Um, was on the job hunt just to get out of St. Louis because I I, I I was behind two senior producers at KSDK. I was never gonna move up, and I just started putting jobs in and and being a, a basketball fan inside the NBA on TNT was always my favorite. Applied to TNT in, in 2012, and the rest is history, man. I've been down here in Atlanta since 2012, going on eight years next month, and. Uh, you know, it's it's been a dream of mine, really. I, inside the NBA, like I said, it's it's the dream job for me. It's, it's a show I grew up watching, and now I'm actually a part of it every week. And now I just get paid to watch NBA and talk about it, and and, and it's, it doesn't feel like work. And, and I feel like the, the the step that you talked about there with you know KSDK and having to come up through there is is that that's something that a lot of people don't realize about most of the people that you see that are making it over and doing those things, that is hard work. You know, the people yeah. that you see on the news, a lot of them will be out, you know, with the hand cam doing what they have sure. to do in order to get footage and do that work. That is a lot of work you have to put in in order to get there. So by the time that you get to a point where you're going on to something like a TNT or going on to an NBA entertainment or something like that, you have done a ton more jobs than, yes. quite honestly, than you ever signed up for in the first yes. place in the job that you had. So. Like, what were some of the things that, you know, when you got to KSDK and you were, you know, getting into that? Because it sounds like it was a pretty quick turn into um, into the AV side as opposed to mm -hmm. just doing the writing. What were some of the things that you picked up on there pretty quick that you were like, I'm going to need this in order to, you know, survive in this part of the business? It's really just about attention to detail. And the one thing about television is that it's, a, it's, it's just like being a part of a team. It's just like playing a sport. I, I play sports all my life. You can't put on a broadcast by yourself. Right. Every single person has to do their job to make the broadcast happen. And so I just realized real quickly, man, that like I have to make sure that my job is buttoned up. And once I make sure my job is buttoned up, then I can be the good teammate and help out others wherever they need help in. 
and those, those are the same skill sets that um, I brought from KCK to TNT. When, when we're doing a live game and it's the fourth quarter and it's the Eastern Conference Finals and, and we're doing Miami versus Indiana and it's game seven, like I'm looking out for myself, but I'm being a team player looking out for everybody in that production truck, um, making sure that, oh, talking to the PAs, you misspelled somebody's name right there, or you got an extra character right there. You don't want that to go out on live television. It's that, it's that team atmosphere that, that you kind of really learn. And either, either you're going to be a team player, just like in sports, either you're a team player and you can adapt to that, or you go out here hero ball and think it's all about you. And then that's where you feel yourself on the outside looking in. Yeah. That's what we're trying to work out with this show, but I just don't know if it's ever going to quite get there or not. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out. Matt Matt knows who he is. You know, that's what it is. He knows he's the in this situation. (laughs) I see myself as more of like a like a like a James Harden. I pass the ball a little bit. You know, I move it around. It's not glitz and glamour though. That's one thing I tell college students all the time. Like, you gotta be willing to do get down and do the dirty work. So when I got hired, I was I was a sports intern at KCK. Got hired as a production assistant right after that. And I was a production assistant for Today in St. Louis, the morning show. Mm-hmm. So that was me waking up at 3.30 every morning oh, and being in the okay. office by 4 to work the 5 a.m. news, 6 a.m. news, the nine, uh, the 10 a.m. news, the noon news. I was there from 4 a.m. to about noon or 1 p.m. Monday through Friday. I'll I tell you what, Matt. I did pre I did pre morning drive radio, meaning I was in the five to seven slot, which is yeah, I'm getting that alarm at that three thirty, yep. at four o'clock, and you just live a different life, man, when yep. you're doing that. <laughs> like you just your day moves different, your clock moves different. It's getting to be like seven o'clock. You like, all right, it's about done for me that day. I mean, moving to that morning drive and getting into that seven to ten space is almost like getting promoted to a lower level of heaven. For sure. Get out that first, that first sure. drive, man. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And that's the thing that, that, I, that I talk to guys about all the time. And, D, man, you can talk about, you, you know, it's like when people ask about, you know, I'm going to do a podcast or do something like that, or I want to get in the radio, I want to get in the TV. I say, yeah, I'm sure you do. But this is what it's really about, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just getting on there and just talking about whatever. You got to know all of these different things. You got to truly study this industry and truly, you know, be a student of it more so. And I think that a lot of people's success happens to be the people that they get a chance to work underneath too. And I know Keith, that you got a great opportunity to work with some true pros that have traveled the road here in St. Louis and, you know, set you up for that ramp to go there. Yeah, Rennie, Rennie not in St. Louis, Frank Cusimano, those are, those are two of my big brothers, Art Holiday, Mike Bush, like some icons that, I got to rub shoulders with and, and basically call friends now. But all, all four of those guys in particular are four guys I, I continue to talk to today. And, you know, they, they set the tone. So Rennie, when he was a sports director at KACK, he's a workaholic. He still is. So he would, he would be there at noon. He doesn't leave till 11. He would go out and shoot his own stuff. Anytime I think, oh, it's a slow sports day, Rennie's going to be in the office chilling. Nope, he's grabbing the camera, going to some high school shooting some wrestling feature for, for the news. Like, he constantly – and when you have people that you look up to who work in that like that, that just pushes – at least for me, this just pushes me even harder to kind of match their energy because I don't – I feel like I don't want to let them down. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because I always think about people are like, yo, man, you need to do the podcast. And I was like, man, look, man, <clears throat> this is like kind of like being – um, the road warrior on Mad Max, you know, like literally, 
I've been on a road travel for a long time. Like, all right, man. Like, I, I mean, some, like, I, I try not I try to keep people's spirits up. Like, black, black dude, man, I've been through a whole bunch of battles. You've you seen my pr previous three movies. You know, like, what I've been through. You, you, you saw what returned to Thunderdome. You saw it. I had to go through a team of turn. <laughs> like, like, and you and you just want to come out here on this road. You need to stay out, stay with the other children, and with the feral. Remember the feral children with the Return of Thunderdome, where all those kids thought it was gonna be better being out, going out on the road. Like, no, y'all need to stay in this little little paradise y'all have. Stay there. That's it's fine where you at. <laughs> I tell people when they talk about podcasting all the time. I said, find out if you really want a podcast. Do a forty minute podcast on your own. If you can sit there and talk for 40 minutes on your own about anything, you you truly want to do it. Let's let's go from there. We'll figure and, out and what you to sound do. If you sound interested and you think you're interested, like listen to yourself is the great. Uh, yes. Murphy I was going to say that. Listen to song. yourself. As Murphy Lee said, put the top five songs in, uh, in your song in the middle of it. If you, you can't tell the difference between them all flowing, then you you ready to go. <laughs> right. Real, real talk. Real talk. So, so I, right, man, so you get to, uh, you, you get down to uh, TNT. Yo, what's that world like? I mean, I know that's another step at that point. Yeah, so get down to TNT, um, and it's just it's night and day going from local news to now national sports network, national network. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And you know, I started in June, so I had I had a little grace period to kind of learn the ropes, and then basketball season hits, and I'm in the studio, and there's Charles, there's Shaq. Oh snap! That's EJ. That's Ernie Johnson. Like, like for me, that was like it, it took a while for me to be like, man, like not to so be you, starstruck. Like, you being gassed up, like that's the gassed up moment where you like, hold on, man, I'm not here for yeah. real, right? Like, <laughs> yes, yes. And and now I now I take it for granted. But like, even then, when I was going out and I was doing games, and we have our breakfast meetings, and I'm sitting next to Chris Webber or I'm Reggie Miller. And me and him, and we're arguing about just like we normally would at the barbershop about who's better, MJ, LeBron, or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. like you know, if you're a hoop head or just in the sports, I couldn't, you can't imagine the, the type of experience that it is. And so I, I tell people all the time, like, I just, I can't take it for granted because, um, you know, I, I know what it means to be here. Um, the, 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 the work environment was super cool, super laid back. And I just wanted to put my stamp down and make sure that, you know, whatever happens that um, I'm here to stay. And so whatever, whatever show I was on, whatever um, production I was on, I, I went all out. I was, I was going early, staying late. And I was telling, you know, one, one, one of my, my boss uh, was telling me, you want to make sure that whatever show you're on, whatever game you're on, that the producers want you for that game. So when they have their producer meeting and they're going over scheduling and they're trying to figure out who's who's going to do what and, and for the assignments, you want people saying, I want you want people fighting over you for that for, for that spot. So I was like, all right. And that's basically what I did. I, I, I made sure I was being that team player. Um, and then it got to a point where the producers, multiple producers wanted me on their game for various reasons and so on their shows. And so I kind of take that same aspect now, man. And and, uh, you know, I. Being down here, I've worked NBA Finals. I've worked Conference Finals. I've traveled to every NBA city before I came to Atlanta. I really didn't travel that much. Um, but I've been to every NBA city now multiple times. I had the works, had the likes to work with uh, like Shaq, Charles, EJ, obviously, other guys inside the NBA. But even uh, Kevin Garnett, and he and I, you know, at the Area 21 together. Uh, KG is like a friend of mine now. And, 
And like I said, it's, it's just a different, a different type of experience where we're real laid back. We're almost like a family. We look out for each other. And I couldn't ask for anything better. So what is a friendship with Kevin Garnett like? Because we was talking about KG on the show a couple shows ago when he came out. He said, it's not going to be no peace with me and the Timberwolves. I say, I love how this dude is still the same dude that I saw play in the McDonald's game in 95 in St. Louis yes. at the, at the <laughs> Kiel. I'm like, this man. dude has kept it authentic for like a two and a half decades, man. So it's like KG got to be a cat that's just him all the way through like that. He doesn't know any other way to be. He is 110% every single time. So when KG started with us, it was it was crazy because he had just retired. And he had basically stepped off the court and straight into the TV studio. And he had never done television before, but we had just hired him. And, and we sold him on doing this show where he was going to be watching games and having guests. And it was a new type of experiment that we were doing for some of our digital platforms and social platforms. And they learned pretty quickly that they do, they couldn't just have anybody with, with KG. Right. They're a real right. one. They're a real one. So he, uh, so he and I, you know, we, we didn't bump heads at all, but it was like some of those things where you just get kind of used to your talent kind of behaving a certain way. Mm-hmm. Not with this dude, man. He was, he, he, he thought it was the locker room. So, so he was coming, like, we had a cuss button for the show. It was a real cuss button because we knew oh, wow. every every other word was going to be some mf. <laughs> dump button that you had, and you just had to keep your finger on the trigger at all times. Like he, we had it right next to him, so anytime on on, on the set, <laughs> so anytime, anything. Matter of fact, hold on. Matter of fact, anytime <laughs> you wanted to, uh, it's from our old set right here. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> the cuss button. Anytime that he wanted to, uh, he felt that he was about to say something, he just pressed down on that. It muted his mic. It muted his guest mic, so it didn't, it didn't bleed through there. And, uh, and, yeah, sometimes he would be on there just holding it just <laughs> the whole yeah. time. <laughs> I, had a, uh, I had one of my, one of my good friends who's uh, been in NHL for 10 years, and we're on radio, so we had a five-second delay. And I would just sit next to him because we didn't have that. I would just hit him in his leg. Just to say, <laughs> I just say, all right, you're getting close. Or you just did it. He'd just be like, my bad. And then get yeah. it. But, yeah, that, that's a real that, – that's – hey, I always looked at Area 21. I'm like, yo, this is like Rap City, the basement, only yeah. basketball, yo. Rap City, the basement. And, and then when I found out that you was behind it, I was like, everything makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is like everything came together. Yeah, it was one. cool. Like, we had, we had all kind of guests come through, Randy Moss, Ray Lewis. Uh, the, the best show we ever did was the Legend Show, where we had Lisa Leslie, Dr. J, um, George Gervin, uh, Bernard King, Oscar Robinson all come in Atlanta and be on the show with KG. And that was cool because um, once they got to Atlanta and to Turner, we tried to do the whole car wash thing where we had Dr. J go do this for social and and uh, Lisa come over here and do this. And they all were like, no, nah, we're just here to talk to Kev. Like, we don't want right. to do nothing else. Right. We're just here to talk to Kevin. And that was that was cool. So he held, he held clock like that. Like, besides, after Kobe for that generation, KG was the next one that mm, was a lot of people's favorite point. players. Is, and, it, is AI and, next? AI is up there probably. But I don't, I don't consider AI because AI retired long before they did. Yeah. I guess AI is kind of in that class, too. Um, they were they were all kind of the folks that took that stick when Jordan left. 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and it felt like it kind of just went in a lot of different directions. Like yeah. a certain type of cat like Kobe, a certain type of cat like AI, a certain type of cat like Garnett, you know, you mean you had you had regional folks like like um like the Spurs yeah. and all that stuff. The NBA, the NBA was really an interest. You still have Vince Carter then. Vince Carter was right. crazy popular at right. that point. It was yeah, that that's an interesting call. I mean, Allen Iverson has been the most biggest thing for the NBA. He changed the complexion of the NBA. Yeah, I think oh, more than any other yeah. player. Uh, and I'm not talking about on the court. <laughs> I'm for sure. About, like the for NBA, sure. the way that they conduct and, everything now is because of Allen Iverson. He well, got so, cats wearing braids and wave caps and chains <laughs> to their rookie. Uh, <laughs> they rookie I, I, that's that's why they had the, the dress code in. Yeah, because yeah. of Allen Iverson. <laughs> That's why they yep. had uh, AI had cats in high school getting tats. Like the yep. whole game changed like all the way over when AI came through. Uh, with, with KG, man, did you see him kind of getting into some of the things he's interested in now? You know, like you know, like the uncut gems thing, which just kind of came out of left field for me. But I was just like, yo, KG really got a plan here. You know what I'm saying about how he's gonna go about this? Yeah, he was with us when he was uh, shooting that movie. I didn't realize it was Uncut Gems. I just know when we were trying to book him, he was like, I'm not available. I'm shooting a movie with Adam Sandler. Um, but which is always... Which is, which is like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Say that again? Right, right. Um, but he's always he's always uh, thought about life after basketball. He's always been about owning his own thing, which is, which is part of the reason why he's... Um, not on good terms right now with the folks in Minnesota because, mm. um, you know, he, he was hoping to get a piece of that, some of that ownership, and I think was promised some things. And once uh, once some things happened, they kind of fell through. He kind of, you know, KG is very loyal, but you have to break down that barrier. You got to get through that tough skin of his. Um, but once you're in, into his inner circle, you're good. Um, yeah. And so it, it took me, you know, he was with us for three seasons, that whole that entire first season was kind of a, a roller coaster ride with them because we didn't know what, what we were going to get week in, week out. Um, but after that first season, and he and, and another one of my coworkers got into that inner circle of his, we were good. Anytime I, we need him for anything, I call him, or he likes to voice note stuff. So we text all the time or voice notes, or you know, he'll, he knows when my kids' birthdays are. He'll, he'll you know, send him a little message or whatever. Like he, he be, he's a really good dude, real good friend, but you got to. You gotta knock down that 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 hard shield to get there. Because you know, I mean, he was one of the original. He was the, he was didn't one of he was the OG high school pro guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, how long have people been chasing him around? You know, wanting to hop on the hitch they wagon to his. You know what I mean? And yeah, and yeah you, can't, you can't just have folks around you any type of way like that. And KG definitely got that authenticness to him in that way, man. So um, so before we before we switch to uh, I I got questions. I absolutely have to ask about. Chuck and Shaq and all them. D, I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, D, yeah. Did you, D, what'd you have? Because I know you, 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 you stirring on something there. Because KG, like, if you went to the NBA, mm -hmm. I would feel like you would be a, a Kevin Garnett type of cat if you went to the league like that yourself. What? I, I, why I, would I be to, KG though? It's hard to imagine you like six eleven, but still, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trying to picture it because yeah. yeah no, I mean, no, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I would be destined there like KG. I'd probably be more like a. Um, Oh, maybe it is KG, man. Now you, I never like a, thought of it like that. More like a Mike Dunleavy Jr. Or no. <laughs> like a... <laughs> um, I'm trying. I mean, no, I'm trying. I wouldn't be Ray Allen getting caught up in DMs either. No, so. no, <laughs> no. Um, Don't do that. Yo, that's, you know, that's one of the that that mystery is still unsolved. That's still unsolved mysteries, right? Still... <laughs> I'm gonna figure this out. Next show, I'm gonna bring you some people together. This is who your career could have looked like. It's okay. all. It's only gonna be cats that got drafted from '95 on, though. 
Okay. Like, I'm not going to give you, like, Bernard King or nothing no, like that. No, 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 like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Nobody from back I'm in the day. Um, um, but what's so, – I wanted to ask you, what's your best and worst cities that you've been to, NBA cities? Oh, the like, old ooh. debate. The old debate. Let's see yeah, where it yeah, goes. So, not, 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 uh, not uh, you know, this is a, a PG-rated uh, edition. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, wanna, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, for the overall, you know, uh, uh, experience, is the great uh, Jalen Rose champagne in the campaign? The best – I mean – you know, it's hard to beat L.A. and Miami. Like, take your pick for that. Especially, you know, Miami on a January Thursday night when, you know, we're doing the heat versus whoever. And you're trying to get out the cold. Yeah, you, you want to go to Miami for a, for a Thursday Thursday night game and extend that oh, yeah. for the weekend. Um, so it's, it's Miami and, and, and L.A. are tough to beat as far as best. The worst, for me, easily, Oklahoma City. Oh, Salt Lake City, <laughs> Oklahoma City, OKC. No, I'm saying we thought we thought you say Salt Lake City. Oh, Salt Lake, Salt Lake, Salt Lake City, ain't, Salt Lake City isn't bad. It's not terrible. I had a bad experience the only time I stopped through Salt Lake City, and I never even left the airport. I stopped through <laughs> Salt Lake City one time, leaving Vegas, and I was just in that leaving Vegas mindset, and I'm looking for just some type of sustenance just to keep me alive. And like all they had in the airport was like wrapped up ham sandwiches and like chicken salad. I was like, I got to get the hell out of here. Salt Lake City is my is my last place pro city. Yeah, Salt Lake City isn't isn't terrible. I just I've spent a lot more time at OKC because when when KD was there and, and Russ, like we were constantly there every year doing conference finals and doing game after game after game. So I've spent and my birthday always falls during conference finals. So I've spent two birthdays oh. in OKC. Um, and, they got one black yeah. club too. That's the crazy. Then they got one yes. black club. <laughs> yes. And you go in there and say, oh, that's Jeremy Lamb. Oh, that's Reggie Jackson. Which I, everybody come to this spot because this, this is the, this only is the place. one, it, it, the like one spot in brick time to go to. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the underrated. That was, um, just, that was my next question. What was, what's the most underrated? Underrated is Portland. Really? Oh, yeah. I've heard yes. dope things about Portland. Dope Portland things. is really? very okay. chill. I love going to Portland outside of, I, you know, we, we, got, we go to Nike and Adidas up there when, we, when we're up there. But outside of that. Portland itself is just a real cool, chill, great Northwest city, man. It's a real I've underrated heard, city. I've heard. I've, I, one of my uh, one of my frat brothers lives up there in um, in Portland right now, and he's up there doing his medical thing. But he's just like, man, this is like super relaxed. Like my, <laughs> he's like he's like my feng shui is in a good spot <laughs> now. Now he's also getting ready to move to Houston, so I feel like oh. he might be having some of that some of that departure happiness. But yeah, you know, that's, yeah, neither, yeah. that's neither here nor there. Yeah, Portland because oh, it's gonna get real crazy for him when HK when he find out where HK is at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, that's they. Uh, yeah, yeah. Houston, Houston's got to be one of those, one of those cities. You talk about Jalen Rose. I remember he was on uh, Bill Simmons thing saying Houston's one of them cities where you know somebody went there the night before when you when you play them. Oh, <laughs> you know how to, you know how if they live, if they leave in Houston and they come to play them, you know you know that you want to play somebody right I mean, after they play. Uh, the didn't James Worthy get jammed up down there too? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the uh, James Worthy. Speaking real quick about the about the uh, last dance, I had to go back and watch the Bad Boys uh, doc oh, yeah. on, on on ESPN after that, just because I was just like, I need to see the other half of this just to remind yes. myself. And I yes. completely forgot that James Worthy had to just got destroyed by them cats from Magic. It got uh, it, it got hurt back in the day. I was like, Damn. James Worthy was looking pissed off, man. That's uh, that's what I've been using this quarantine for. Talking about NBA entertainment, things like that. Like I know that's ESPN, but I've just been using this to like dive deep into like all sorts of 
content and see stuff like ESPN's been running those old fight marathons and the oh, yeah. NBA has been showing, you know, the old conference finals and games like yep. that. They got the paywalls down for stuff on all these different uh, sites. Like it's an awesome time that if you want to go out and check and see all these guys, like we talk about KG, like KG's our era, but you know what I'm saying? It's like it's a ton of kids right now that did not get to see KG when he was yeah. form and things like that. Like you can go back and really check these cats out. And I think that like the last dance has been something that's made people have a little bit of that taste for that vintage. And I think that I've always thought that the NBA had way, way, many, many steps ahead of other leagues when it came to showing their old game and not letting you forget the guys that came before. Because you got to work hard to find an old NFL game or an old MLB game, but you yeah. can find that from the NBA. Yeah, I mean, NBA has always been about promoting the stars. And, you know, this is, it started with Mike for, or probably started with Magic and Larry, but really Mike took it to a whole nother level. Um, but yeah, we're constantly on NBA TV, just re-airing games. And, and like you said, for, for this time now, when people have the time at home to kind of watch and get educated about some things, like life existed for some of these kids before Steph Curry and the Warriors. Like, sure. go, go back and check on some of the, some of those 2000 uh, Piston teams with Rasheed and Chauncey and those guys and, and go back and look at the Dallas Mavericks or, or Ricky D. Wade, like, this league has definitely grown to a great spot, and it's a great time for people to learn about it. And like, and the thing that I love, the thing I love about on the NBA side is that you can go back and see like the We Believe Warriors, or you can go see them dope yeah. squads, or go see if you want to go even further back, like go see Sean Kemp and Gary Payton and them when they was like even back in the day when they was pushing the Suns before they got to to Jordan. Yeah. Like, there's so many eras in the NBA. Like, people, one, one of the things about the NBA is that they always say it's a, it's a league that's run by dynasties. And I think that to a certain extent that's true because one mm -hmm. player can make a bigger difference in where the sport goes. But I also think that there's always a lot of other subplots that are happening in the league. And there's so many games to watch. Like, there's nothing like league pass. There's nothing yeah. like league pass. Because there's no such thing as an NBA matchup where you're not going to see at least one really really good if not great yeah. player on the court just can't happen and that's one of the things that kind of like is kind of the good and the bad you know there's been a lot of talk that nba twitter and the, the story around the game have have maybe overtaken what is actually going on on the, on the court so you know the next day something happens and you got first take undisputed and all these talking head shows that are dissecting a quote that somebody said after the game they're, they're taking away the, the actual product on the court right and a lot of times you know that's not, that's what we're trying to get back to is people actually watching the games because people don't people aren't really watching games like we like we when we grew up and i'm signing old back in my day <laughs> <laughs> but back hey, in we, my day hey, like hey, we there bro <laughs> we are there but the nba on, on nbc like that was sunday afternoon so i just remember being at my grandma's house with my uncle and my dad watching mike versus reggie you know, we didn't have it on every single night. I couldn't get the highlights the next day, a house of highlights on Instagram to be able to give me a recap. Like, we actually had to go over and watch the game. Or then, if you didn't catch the game, stay up to watch SportsCenter to, to see your highlights. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what's been missing. It's like the talk around the game has kind of overtaken what's going on on the court. Well, I realized how lucky we were in St. Louis as a market that didn't have a uh, NBA team, but we did have WGN. So yeah. I got to watch the Bulls like they were my own team. Like, and TBS to watch the yes. Hawks. Ex yeah, exactly. Like, that was, that was incredibly good. You talk about TBS. I mean, you shoot, we, I got to watch that just before. Damn, it was the same time. 
uh, those great Braves teams at the yeah. same time. Now, they was a thorn in our ass in St. Louis. But, yeah. you know, hell, I mean, any night of the week you turn on, you get to see Greg Maddox or see Tom Glavin or somebody like that. Then you get to see uh, Neek and all of them and Plastic Man. It, it, it's dope like that, man. That's The NBA yeah. certainly has a leg up, like, in, in that way. Um, one question I have for you, man, before, again, I, I, keep, I hate to keep dropping teases and stuff like that. We are going to talk about inside the NBA. But, like, where you're at now and, like, where you see – maybe for the NBA, of course, but just for sports in general, what's next for broadcast? You know, like, where is that at? Because I feel like there's more tools at our disposal right now to be able to take in sport. And you talked about a few of them right there. But what's next for the broadcast experience that, you know, maybe something that you see that could be coming along? Yeah, we're trying to figure it out with every game, with every season. We're trying to introduce new things that, that, that to enhance the broadcast. We've we work with VR and, and Intel to bring virtual reality into it. So we, some of our games, you can put on the goggles and, and do the VR experience. Um, we're always trying to figure out how to get game more access, whether that's if that's micing the players or putting the microphone in the locker room or behind the bench. Like, we're constantly working with the NBA and MLB, all these sports leagues, trying to figure out how to enhance it. Um, now, did you get the peep to XF, any XFL broadcast? Yeah. What did you think about that? Because I think that was a completely different experience, you know, yeah, it was, than, than what it was. It was cool. And, and that was one of the things because they owned the league and they owned the rights that so they could, they didn't have to work with the NFL on anything. They were just starting out brand new and trying to build an audience. Well, how can you build an audience? We have to make it different. So having the, the play calling, you know, the, the play calling audio come through the television and having mm -hmm. the camera on the micro or have the camera on the field inside the huddles, having the camera inside the locker room at halftime. Like that's what, those are all things that you don't see on a traditional broadcast. And I think those are some of the stuff that they implemented within their broadcast. You'll see the NFL and probably some college basketball or football as well implementing their broadcast because some, some stuff is an easy, easy transition to, to, to do. And there's some stuff you have to work with the Players Association and all that. But I think we're getting to that point where people want access and people want to be able to say, I'm seeing something uh, unique with this experience. It's, it's, more, it's not just throwing the game on, on the screen and having people watch for two, three hours because we're, we're past that. We have to give them a reason to want to tune in and giving them something to do. I tell you what, the Battlehawks was a good look for for St. Louis, man. That was it was a, it was a dope experience in the dome down there. It was something brand new. But y'all get you know, one? Did y'all get one or two games? I think they got two. I think they got two in down here before it went because I think they started on the road. They went back. They last game was on the road, but they got two in down here. And it, I went to the second one, and it was it was a it was a vibe, man. Like they were talking yeah. about the week that everything got canceled. They were talking about opening up the uh, top of the dome because yeah. it was going to be able to support it. So that was tough, man. Because I think they was really about to really show what St. Louis had to offer in, in that. Well, hopefully y'all take that energy from the Battlehawks and bring it over to the soccer team. Because I'm telling yeah. you, like, down here in Atlanta, when Atlanta got um, Atlanta got the MLS team, people were like, Atlanta? Like, you know, people in Atlanta they go go to the soccer game. And I tell you, I'm, I'm close to the situation, obviously, because my, my little cousin plays for the squad, so I'm at every game. But, man, it's 40, 50, 60,000 people. Sometimes they open up the whole thing. It's 70,000 people in there watching soccer, and you wouldn't have thought that for Atlanta to be, you know, 70,000 people every single game, but, um, but they, they should have been at a soccer team, though. That's the thing. St. Louis should have been at a soccer team. So yeah, exactly. Like one of the best soccer cities high school-wise in the country. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I, I expect you all to have that same support, um, especially the younger demographic. Um, 
but hopefully that, that, that energy and that love that they and that energy that they have for um the battle hawks they bring that over to yeah, STL, I mean, location FC is gonna be, or whoever the name is. Location is great too, so it's kind of yeah. It's at the end of downtown, so it's going to be a little bit more open, and hopefully some bars and things like that open up a little bit more around that area, you know, and kind of kind of blow that area up a little bit more. Yeah, that's Daryl's great hope for me is that the MLS brings me to to soccer because Dude, it's, I've been it's trying hard. to get him on soccer for a long time, man. Me and it's, me and me and our, I used our to I, I played. A, thousand years ago but i just haven't it's hard for me to form an attachment to a team and it's hard choose for me to a team get in the premier league i keep just choose <laughs> but, one. but 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 how like that's the thing just like i don't know just, what just, the just, just close your eyes when they just go on espn and it is the first team that's on the the soccer page that you'll eat your, your no, i'm not doing league. that because that could be like if you told me to watch the nba and it's just like oh yo no just, no no it's only gonna be like five or six teams on that front page so and then i a better chance it ain't and then i become a post lebron Cavs fan like this is <laughs> But, but, but see, English Premier League soccer and like our, this soccer period is very, very, very uh, way more about like the top six, seven teams. Like you ain't going to see them other teams unless they play in one of the top six, seven teams. So you don't so, have to so why getting we, a bad draw. So while we on soccer, I'm going to ask both of y'all. Are y'all the, the only two brothers playing uh, soccer on PlayStation that's against each other like. or the other brothers? <laughs> like, that's what it seems like. <laughs> that's what it seems like. We, 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 we put the ask out there like, yo, where everybody got playing FIFA? Yeah, we got crickets, trying to make man. fun of us, like, no, nah, we don't have men. <laughs> we got crickets, bro. Hey, it, 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 it's, it's up next for me in the, in the next game to get that I haven't played before. That's it's maybe that's addictive, man, because it's, it's, you know, and more people play that online than any other game. Oh, I believe it. it's the most popular sport in the world. Like, that's that's probably the one that I would think would have the service crash before any of them would have been. <laughs> oh, there's service crash all the time, too. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. It's, uh, it's in there. So... Keith, man, before we let you get out of here, man, I, I just I, I, I got to ask you, man, I, I need some stories from the from the set of, I think, without a doubt, the greatest post-game, pre-game. It's transcended a part of the game. I yeah. mean, the greatest sports commentary program of all time inside the NBA. Like, once you got there and got comfortable and you were feeling like, all right, I got to grasp on this, I got to feel like, you know, relationships and things started to, to bloom from there for you as well. Yeah, man, and you start you start to learn what everybody does, and start to learn how we do things, and and you know one of the things that we do it's not really a secret anymore. It's all my sharing, but you know we have a meeting before the show every Thursday, the whole the whole production crew, and the only person that's there from the set is EJ, Shaq, Charles, Kenny. They arrive they arrive to the studio around seven seven thirty, and we're on at eight. Um, they know what they know what teams are playing that night, and they they all generically kind of follow the league um so they know kind of what to talk about but only ej is there in the meeting to kind of be like okay for this gag we're gonna do this and um you know so that's basically how it happens man like that week we'll be like all right ej's needle started the night uh what can we how can we make fun of chuck this week and <laughs> basically anything goes man like um and that's a that's a great thing about these guys is that they know that they're going to get made fun of and they don't care. Like they're right. part of the joke and they, they crack back at it. And even times when we mess up on air and we throw up a wrong graphic or do something that messes up the, the segment, we'll, the crew will make fun of ourselves. So the producer or, or we'll throw up a picture of them, they'll, they'll crack on the producer or, you know, it's just, it's something that it's not like any other television. It's not buttoned up that, like you might see on other broadcasts. And it definitely has set the tone for what you're starting to see on a lot of sports broadcasts is that people are starting to 
get a little loose and put memes up and tweets and make fun of the people sending in the tweets. Like whenever whenever Shaq says your mama on somebody's joke, like somebody tweets at him, he just says your mama. Like your mama is the oldest joke in the book, but it's just funny because it's Shaq talking about somebody's mama that he definitely don't you know. You can hear Shaq saying it, and, and, and you, see where that, <laughs> you see where that's going already. I, I love how it's always been a show that feels like it's true to itself. And I think mm -hmm. that to your point, man, when you're creating any type of media or you're doing anything, like, you know, the thing you said about if you got five albums and if you know the song that's yours in it, <laughs> you probably you yeah. probably doing it right. Be who you are, man. And, and sometimes you got to just keep on working to be who you are. Like, them guys have been together for a long, long time. Yeah. You know, I mean, Shaq is already over over ten years now. I think Shaq right. is, is is pushing like twelve or thirteen years, and he, he still feels like he's new to this thing, you know. But right. he's not. He's he got a decade in, and you know everything. It's it's funny how stuff just flows from show to show. One of my favorite stories is like, it was something going on where you know Chris Webber and and Kenny had some sort of competition, some bet, and then that spilled over on, on the show. Uh, Chris was like. Uh, you know, I, I can do, I can play baseball better than you. I can do this better than you. And so we had a competition and we went over across the street to Georgia Tech and we had these dudes kick soccer balls into the net. We had these dudes try to hit a baseball. Who could go to football the furthest? And see these professional basketball players try to kick a soccer ball. I mean, I don't know if y'all have seen Kenny ever try to kick the ball, but you, you will be embarrassed for him for the, for the way he tries to kick the ball. Um, and we've all seen Chuck's golf swing. It's just, you know, oh. like, so that turned into a race. And so, um, you know, we had EJ, uh, EJ, Shaq, Chuck, and Kenny, and Webb all race each other 100 yards and see who would win. And it came down to the wire, and, and Kenny thought he was winning. He started celebrating before he crossed the finish line, and Chris Webber reached out and hit the, hit the, the tape with his, with his, with his hand, he, he declared himself the winner, and that's how run through the tape started. Like, you just got to run through the tape. Can he run through the right. tape? Uh, so it's just, that's, that's basically how the show is, man. Like, we don't, we, ha we have a format of things that we know we want to talk about, but not anything goes. We can say, hey, tonight is Warriors, Cavs. We're going to talk about this, this, and this. But if Chuck comes on there at the start of the show and says, oh, I want to talk about Trump, it's like, all right, we can throw this all out the window. What you, what's on your mind, Chuck? And we got to go from there, man. It, it, it's a secret skill that not a lot of people know how hard it can be to real athletes into being the people that talk about athletes, not being yeah. the ones talked about. That takes a level of patience and it takes a level of teaching that I think that that's like the, the understated skill of a great producer is being able to put these guys into the seat that they've never been in before, but they most certainly got a, a thought about what it's supposed to be. And then on top of that, ideas about what they want it to be too. Yeah. And they, and they don't hold back. Like, like you know, uh, JaVale McGee was on Shaq and the Fool like every week. And then Shaq was getting on them every week about being on Shaq and the Fool. Uh, you know, this whole thing with Chuck and Draymond, you know, Chuck has turned himself because he's been in this game for – closing in on 25, 30 years, he's turned into the TV guy now. And people forget how how bad he was on the court. And that's something yeah. that, re that was reminding us on this last dance episode this past weekend. Like, Chuck was an MVP. He took Mike to six games in the finals. Like, he was a dog. And so some of these people have to be reminded that like, Chuck ain't just – he's not just a TV guy talking about he doesn't like these players. He was, no. he was a real dude. 
he's a top five power forward all time. We were talking <laughs> about Chuck. We were talking about Chuck right before that episode, and I said, "Hey, I need y'all to know something. Chuck averaged a double double for fifteen years. Yeah, it was six four doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, do you do you work on the NCAA when they do the NCAA tournament on that side? Yeah, well? so we all, yeah, we all work on everything. So I, I do baseball, I do NBA, NCAA March Madness is a crazy time for I us. Say, like, how different bouncing is that? between. How different is that experience with the NCAA side of it than NBA? Man, it's on both the studio. I've done the studio and the game side, and they're both just easily as crazy. So your day starts at you're you're there at. 7 a.m., 8 a.m. probably. Um, and the first games, you're on the air at noon. And you're on the air from noon till 2 in the morning. Yeah. You know, so. And what's so funny is, is that basically, like, it's, man, you probably say the same thing. Like, Charles and them, they don't keep up with college basketball. So they're basically like no. everybody else that don't keep up with college basketball. <laughs> like, I mean, I remember uh, St. John's being good. So I guess I, right. I thought they was going to be good. St. John's. do average 28. On the squad, and that's what but, I went with. But he talking about Chris Mullins still. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's the <laughs> thing though. But, was, but Charles, uh, one dude that was dope from uh, St. John's, uh, Eric Gordon, Felipe, uh, Felipe Lopez, Felipe Lopez, yeah, Lopez. yeah Felipe yes. Lopez. He think he's still in the squad. He was... <laughs> <laughs> but Charles and Kenny, so you know, the, the March Madness is with, with partners with CBS on that, right? So Charles and Kenny are in New York in their studio. They're not working the same schedule we're working. We're in Atlanta working a dove. So like, and, and we're bouncing from network to network. So we could be on, we could start the day on true TV. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we get true TV off and going, then we're on TBS. Then we're on TNT. Then we're doing halftime for true TV. Oh, this game is over. We're going to fill, we're going to fill the time here on TBS until those games start. So it's just a crazy, crazy, a crazy um, work environment. You're on the edge. Just like the people watching at home, you're on edge for every single game. And we don't know the players either. Right. <laughs> we're at TNT. We do NBA all year. The only time right. we do college basketball is in March. So What's we literally the, don't know these players at all. But So between pro basketball, college basketball, and then MLB, you know, what's the – do you have anything to do with golf at all there too? Yeah, so we did the uh, – We this would be our first year not doing the PGA Championship. We had okay. the PGA Championship for the past 15 years yeah i thought i thought i thought golf was in there too what's the hardest thing to shoot like what's the hardest thing to set up a production around between those uh basketball is tough and baseball um baseball has its moments so with baseball you know there's three outs you know there's three strikes um there's time in between each pitch to to kind of reset and do it again um the thing that makes baseball tough is that you don't know what you don't know where the hit is coming. So right. all of a sudden, um, you know, you, you can get the generic fly ball to center, or you can get the bases loaded. He hits one in the corner in right field, and he's clearing the bases, and you're trying to cover all that at once. Right. Um, right. So so that so that can be tough, but you know, okay, it's two outs. This net and it's two strikes. You know, this next this next strike or this next fly ball, the inning's over. We can do this again. Basketball is tough because you're going up and down and you have no clue what's coming next. Mm-hmm. You're prepared to be able to talk about whatever, but you don't know when the bass is coming. You don't know who, when the foul's coming, when the injury's coming, um, when the substitutions are coming. So basketball is definitely the toughest just because you have no idea what's coming next. I would feel like that shot where you're trying to find that golf ball 
and somebody has hit the golf ball and has had no clue of where it's gone. And most of the time it's not going to where I intended for it to. It would be just incredibly hard. Like you see them hit and then it's just like, oh, where's it at? I'm just like, I don't even know what I'm looking at on TV, let alone being the camera guy. The good thing about golf that is that you will never know at home, but the majority of golf that you see, the action isn't live. It's, it's, oh. it's most, most of it is off the of tape. Like okay. it might have just happened, but for that very reason, you know, it gets that white ball gets lost in the cloud. Um, they they can be like, okay, well, we we won't take Tiger's tee shot off of fifteen. We'll just take them take them in the fairway off of off of that hole or whatever. So the majority of it is off tape until you get down to Sunday, and it's only down to two or three golfers, and every single shot from that point is live. But for the majority of tournaments, it's all off of tape, like moments ago. I, I'm still trying to figure out what's harder, trying to hit a golf ball straight, watch where it goes, or trying to figure out what I'm going to say that's going to upset my lady. I don't you know. Never, think, they're about here. They're yeah, about here. I, I don't think you're ever going to win at either one, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, so one, of the, one, of the, one of the last things I want to ask you, man, was is that – so coming back into sports now on the other half of this, um, you know, pandemic or whatever things yeah. are going to look like, what do you think is going to change with the broadcast? You know, what do you, what would you foresee? You know, it looks like we're moving to a place where there's going to be games are held without fans and it's going to be a different, you know, environment. How do you foresee that being accomplished? And could you just kind of give people kind of an idea about what it means to actually have a broadcast team be at a game and what that impacts from some of the, you know, the numbers of people that you have, you can only have in a place right now. Yeah. So for, for a typical NBA game, um, it doesn't matter the arena. It, we, you would probably have 70, for a TNT and ESPN, we would probably have between 90 and 120 people working um, just for that broadcast. And that's from camera guys, that's from utility workers who are helping, you know, run all the cables. That's from um, people in the truck, producers, engineers, um, stat guys. So it's a pretty pretty big deal um the, the bigger the game uh, especially that around this time will be playoffs you definitely would have about 75 people or so but that alone would have to be scaled down quite a bit um we probably from a tnt perspective um calling those games you probably wouldn't have the crew actually on site so we would figure out a way to have all the cameras fed back through satellite or whatever back to atlanta and having that crew in Atlanta cut all the cameras and produce the game out of Atlanta. So that'll cut down on some of that. But some people are just going to have to be out there. You're going to have to have some camera guys, some audio guys with microphones, but the bare, bare minimum of that. Um, and so when you talk about games without fans, which I think is going to be across the board for all sports, um, at least for the rest of this year, when, it, when and if they ever come back, you're talking about like, you know, maybe – uh, NBA broadcast could look something like a summer league broadcast where it's yeah. like five cameras. Like you have one on each baseline. You have the main game camera. You have one camera that kind of isos certain players or coaches and maybe one other camera. But it's very, very scaled down crew. The announcers wouldn't be there. We wouldn't fly Marv, who's pushing 80. We wouldn't yeah. fly him anywhere no. to, to, to call the game. So he would, would most likely be doing it out of his home. And it would it would be a unique experience. As far as the, the guys on the court, I think from that perspective, it's going to be awesome because 
the crowd and the ambiance of the arena usually drowns out all the trash talking that's going on. But no crowd there in dead air. We're going to hear, yeah, we're going to hear some stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're going to hear some stuff that we haven't been able to hear before. God, why so, are the Warriors in the playoffs this year? I need Draymond. They got to get Draymond on a team somehow. I need him playing. Yeah, so uh, speaking of KG, the good guy, can you imagine oh. KG in that atmosphere? Like, <laughs> no, I mean, it is like KG. Look here. There's going to be a lot of children listening. Um, he gets parental advisories. I mean, I'm sorry. There's just no other way to do it. He got to wear Hell. a COVID mask. He got to wear a mask. Not, yeah. Imagine if you would have got a chance to hear Kobe or Mike in that drowned out, you know, knowing for environment sure. like that. Oh my God. For sure. Oh my God. So keep, uh, um, keep so, what, what, what you thinking about this uh, Michael Jordan documentary so far, man? I love it. I mean, this was, this was our, this is prime, our era, um, the three of us. And, you know, this is when, this is really when I fell in love with basketball. Um, you know, especially that, that 96 to 98 post-baseball, Mike, mm-hmm. um, that's really when I really got into it. Um, I, 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 I love that he's doing it. I love how open he is. He just seems like he's still being petty. Like, like, yeah. like MJ. And he's, and he's, can, not, and he's can, not as scandalous as I thought it was going to be. He's so worried. Like, I don't see anything in there. Like, it's way more scandalous stuff that they passed up. That yeah, I thought they could have brought up like. Well, exactly. there's, there's some things that I think Mike his Imagine if they was making a documentary about you. There's some parts of my life I ain't revisiting. Right, but, we I ain't mean, talking about that on so my scared. documentary. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm fine with that. But him saying that he was scared, what his image is gonna look. Well, like, I, there's still four episodes to go. Maybe it's all gonna hit you in like man, seven or eight. The, 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 them years they didn't pass already. Either that, either that, or, <laughs> either that, or Mike just really doesn't know how much how people's already looking. That's what I'm just right. saying. That's what I think it is. That's I'm like the scandalous stuff. You didn't pass that in '93. I'm yeah. excited. To, I'm excited to see what this does for like the documentary culture. You know what I'm saying? Like people look at this and because you know. It just it, it's just how it works you know mike did something mike for example mike made shoes a big deal you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so everybody had them so you know what is this going to do for how lebron chronicles his career you know or what's this going to do for what you know kd does or steph does or just i think it's going to bring out a lot out of a lot of different people and i think that for some people it would be a way to learn about some guys and maybe they didn't like daryl you talk about me and soccer all the time i need to watch something like this for messy or Ronaldo or something, because I, I just need to get <laughs> look, a feel no, no, for Let's go online and look at, like, the best Ronaldo, like, the number one Ronaldo goal. If you don't get into soccer after that, this dude And the funny lot. thing is, I've written about him. I've, but I only <laughs> write about – I write a column every year at Yardbarker about who are the top 30 highest-earning athletes and how they go about doing it. So yeah. I see this dude is getting crazy cake out here, so he got to oh, yeah. be doing something right. <laughs> Him and Messi is getting. I mean, Messi, off. I mean, that's arguably who's better, Messi or Ronaldo. I think Ronaldo's stuff is more prettier than Messi's. That's just me. Yeah. Messi may be a better, your better uh, grits and gravy kind of player, but Ronaldo, all his goals are beautiful. Like every one of them. Like if you get see one of his, go look up the number <laughs> one goal he did in the Champions League. This dude does a bicycle kick off a lob from all the way in the corner. Who is Ronaldo compared to an NBA player right now? Ooh. Like, um, ooh. Both of y'all, both of y'all can but answer. See, but see, well, Ronaldo's y'all, y'all had two different sets of, three different sets of well, careers. Well, that, that's cool. That's cool. That that's an, even makes it even easier to compare them to people. So, like, uh, both of y'all tell me who Messi and Ronaldo are. He probably is more Kobe, right? Don't you think? Um, he I mean, he, he's, he's, like, crazy. Yeah, he's, he's Kobe as far as just the greatness of it. Yeah. And the... the, the but he's got more humbler, though, because before he was not humble. Like, he's got right. more humbler. Like, that's why I'm thinking Kobe, maybe, because he's got a little bit more humbler in his career as, as it went on. 
And you're talking about Ronaldo right now, Ronaldo, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Messi's okay. still an asshole, though. That's the only problem. <laughs> like, that's the problem, though. <laughs> Messi still be talking about, man, I, I'll still leave. Like, he always, like, <laughs> that he going to leave every other week. Like, I still go to transfer. Like, Maybe that's an offline. We'll figure out who he is then. Yeah, I don't know who Messi could be. Yeah. Messi might be Jordan, honestly. Hey, it pays well to be both of them. I mean, he's the Dang. highest paid player in sports history, right? Uh, yeah. No, of any sport or yeah. team sport? Any sport. Any sport. He's bigger than Tiger? Yeah. yeah. That's what wow. for his salary for yes. Yeah, Dude, go look at how much he makes a year, dog, without endorsements. It's like, oh, no, no, I know. I know. I just, I've never done a cumulative. I only do it annual to annual. And I've only been no, writing no, the column for like three I'm years. Annually. I'm just going off annually. If well, number one, remember, money. number one in a couple of the last few years has been Floyd. Floyd. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Floyd, yeah. That's why I'm saying, I'm saying, wait a minute now, hold on, because Floyd did stupid, stupid numbers off. But how much is Floyd spent, fight. though? Like, what is his? Well, <laughs> see, I don't know. <laughs> we can't listen. Talk about can't. a documentary you want to see. Oh, Yo. wait till that Floyd documentary pops in listen. 10 years. His daughter's got all this drama going on, too. That's going to be I, a good one. I saw there's a 30 for 30 coming out about Bruce Lee, and that just got me through the next couple of months. <laughs> Because I ain't that's going nowhere. That's going to be the, uh, the small one, right? Like, that, isn't that like the, uh, that's going to be the podcast version, right? I don't know, but I'm, I'm checking it out either way because Bruce yeah. Lee is that unique guy. Keith, man, well, last question for me, man, before we let you ride. Who is the guy that's in the league right now that you think is going to rock a desk one day when they're done playing? Like, who's going to be a guy that's going to come out and be that guy? Well, Draymond is the easy answer there. So, um, I mean, they all are like, there's a bunch of guys who are getting into this media space and they're realizing it's not being on camera and being able to talk clearly and having your thoughts like, come out the, your mouth the way that, the, that you wanted to is not as easy as it seems. Right. Uh, Draymond, I think, is going to be the next guy that people, uh, that us and TNT, whoever, fight after. And I think he's going to, he's definitely going to get into TV. But there's going to be some guys like, you know, CJ McCollum is going to be doing this at some point. Good call. Um, JJ Reddick is going to be what doing this at some point. Chenny Fry, Fry works with us. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, he, he's with us already. So he, he's great. He's fun to work with. Um, although, like, who else? Uh, There's some guys I could never see doing it, like Russ. Harden. Yeah, Russ ain't, doing, ain't it. Like, doing it. Russ. Uh, what do you think Steph Curry does? He's, he's too big. So he's going to be, I mean, yeah, I guess he, I mean, after I saw Shaq do it, I was like, uh, I was Shaq like, is wow. A, Shaq, Shaq is a character. Yeah, he's, he's a unique. He's a one. He's a one yeah, on one. That's Steph, true. I can't see Steph doing it. I, I'll see. I would see Clay doing something like it before Steph. Really? Um, wow. Okay. But <laughs> definitely not Kawhi. <laughs> no, no Kawhi's going. I think. I think when Kawhi retires, he's going to disappear like Obi Wan Kenobi. He's just going. That's just it. <laughs> <laughs> but what? But like, I, I think. I think. Uh, I think, and he's probably ten years more, or at least ten years from doing it, but. I'm excited to see if Brad Bill will get in something like this. Really? In every interview I've ever seen him okay. in, he's always he, – he, he speaks really well. Obviously, he's very smart. Um, I can see him doing something like this. Mm. Um, Dwayne Wade, you know, we got, we got D-Wade on TNT, and he's learning. You know, he's, he, he, just like anything with reps, you get better. So, yeah. in year two, he'll be better than he was in year one. And it's an incredible oh, amount of pressure to come in and be with those guys now because now what they've got set up, I mean, you even saw it with C-Web, it took some time. I mean, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, you come into what they got now, that's a whole nother thing. That's like going to the league again, you know what I mean? Right. So, and yeah, and, and they, think, they think that because they play, 
that they can easily talk about it, but easily talking about something and knowing something is two different things. Right. So Webb had to learn when he's doing the game, he sees something that happens, he only has 30 seconds to get his thought off because the replay is happening and the action is going on. He can't spend two minutes trying to break something down. So right. he had to really learn how to really say what he wanted to say and get it out, get it quick and make it clear. So, um, but I think, I think Draymond still got a little ways to go before he's retiring. The, the next guys who are probably close to retirement that, that, that I could see jump in, like Iguodala. Vince Carter. Uh, yeah. Vince Carter, too. Good call, yeah. good call on Iggy. Yeah, Vince for sure. Vince is yeah, – Iggy, Iggy is, be real good. Yeah, Iggy be real good, actually. Yeah. I got to check his book out, man. I've heard nothing but great things about that. Yeah. But, um, Iguodala's book? He's got a book? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he's, okay. he's talking about a lot of stuff in it, too. So. Same not, not sports, though. As we're talking, like, tech yeah. stuff and, like, business okay. stuff being out in the Bay. Yeah, he's really teaching cats. He's on that chameleon there. He's out here yeah. really teaching okay. cats how to get after okay. it. Yeah. Say, my brother, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I, Keith, this this you, is man. one. This is one. This is one I know we chatted about for a long time, man. Yeah. I, I, I hate the circumstance that we got around <laughs> to it. It's this one. I, 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 I wish. I know you love and being with the family, man, and getting a lot of time you might not have ever gotten, probably never will get again at this point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, man, I'm glad that we was able to catch you, you know what I'm saying, during this. No, under the circumstances, you know, it's unfortunate. But, you know, we would be in the second round of the playoffs right now. But, you know, I was telling uh, Daryl before we got started, you know, we're still working every day. We're we're putting out shows every day on NBA TV. Um, We we got game time where we we try to get a guest, a player to join or whatever. And I was telling Daryl that, like, it's easier to get players to join now because – we, they're in the same situation that we are. Right. It's very right. rare that we're all right. in the exact same situation. But there's no excuse why you can't join us today at noon because I know you got nothing going on. Who is somebody that still uh, like? Who is somebody that still won't join? Like you'd be like, you'd be like, man, I'm kind of busy. <laughs> nobody. I mean, no. nobody has really given us. Oh, the so nobody's being being like that. These okay. dudes are bored, man. It's they're giving bored. people something to do. They're like us. Like there's literally yes. there's, there's nothing to do. Like I, I'm watching. I mean, I see, I'm like, watching a cartoon on Amazon when we get done with this show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I can see Carl Malone being like, I'm busy. Like I just see he's that type of guy. That no, I mean there's people busy. that's that's tough to get because they just are <laughs> difficult to get. Like your boy Iverson. Like he's like we can tell. I, we can tell. Hey, yeah, we're gonna do this. Wednesday at six o'clock, and Wednesday at six o'clock, he act like he don't know what's going on. So it's just some people who are that's just who they are. That's but the, current players, old players, like everybody is in the same boat. And if if a player can't join, like they, they can't join today, they're getting back at us. Like, hey, I can I can't do today, but I can do Friday or I can do next week. So these dudes, especially these players, are bored, man. They want to get out the house. They want to do something that's not. Running I mean, around chasing Aaron the Gordon kids or on tracks. the game or whatever. You got so. Aaron Dor- Gordon dropping, dropping diss tracks. And you got exactly. Game. We got to get these games back. Like, like, please, that's what I know. I was like, man, we bad out here, man. When he, we, he went I, back all the way to the All-Star game. The last thing that was significant in his life <laughs> right before man, the <laughs> Keith, you just gave me a stress I hadn't felt in probably about a year and a half, two years. That produces stress when you're getting close to that time when you need somebody to come on. And you're, oh, just, yeah. like, you're just like, please. are they going to be here? <laughs> I formatted my whole segment around you. I have nothing else to talk and then about. Sometimes you get them, and they're incredible. Like you're almost to the yeah. point where you're like, now I'm running on time. I want to yes. keep this, but it's like it's, it's producing is a tough game. Hey, brother. Hey, peace, peace, brother. You, <laughs> hey, people don't realize people don't realize how much stress for the people behind the scenes putting in the things that you're taking in on TV. And the other thing, other thing about now is that everybody's doing it like this. Be via Zoom or Skype or whatever. So 
it's not even it's not even th that we can get them, but their connection is good. They don't have the, the dog barking in the background. They don't drop out at any point. Like I've done shows and I heard the doorbell ring. They'd be like, "Oh, the Amazon guy just came. I'm sorry." It's like, "Sorry, <laughs> brother. We know that you're at home. We're all at home doing this." Yeah. So I mean, or, or you don't, or, or getting uh, ain't nobody got jammed up like that uh, Hispanic uh, uh, TV. Do y'all see that Hispanic TV? Report? Oh yeah, nobody got jammed up like that. Nobody. Like, he got jammed up with his new girlfriend. Oh <laughs> no. Oh this yeah, is, it was on like Univision or something like. This is the worst time. He was doing the, uh, the telecast from the crib, and his new girlfriend walked around and walked in the background <laughs> when he's married. <laughs> That's why you gotta blur that. You gotta blur that back out, brother. The little things, the little things you can put behind you, like like the little you can do it on Zoom where you put the different backgrounds. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. When, when she when she back there, when she back there, you just gotta do something. <laughs> you gotta do something, dog. Get out of there. <laughs> Keith, man, thank you, man. Let her, where can everybody hit you up at online, man? Like Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Yeah, Keith, uh, Keith underscore Rob on Twitter. And then Keith underscore Rob 314 on Instagram, man. And, you know, I'm always on there talking hoop on, on Twitter, talking hoop and what's going on. And, uh, you know, make sure you're all, you're all watching what, what we got going on NBA TV because we're really trying to push out some unique content during this, during this downtime. Um, we got EJ... You know, EJ's doing these interviews with players. He, he interviewed Trey Young earlier earlier this week. Um, so we're just trying to figure out different ways to keep people entertained at home because I think everybody's starting to get tired of watching these old games and, and getting bored. So, you know, we're trying to, you know, we got players coming on, we're watching and breaking down their old film. And, uh, you know, we, we're just trying to keep it moving. Hopefully the season will be back here shortly. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, it's a terrible we all move. We all need it. We all need it. But um, but yeah, man, this has been this has been fun, man. I hope I hope I can come back at some point and, and yeah, talk man, shop we, with y'all. Oh, when you live NBA TV, going like the HBO Sports or something, we can get right. <laughs> 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 oh man, hey, no, you can come back. You can come back. You be part of the. Uh, we gonna teach Matt this soccer one way or the other. Uh, oh yeah, I'm right. trying to get Matt to be a Man U fan, man. And just go and come on home, man. FIFA is the easiest way to learn, bro. Yeah, yeah, I, dude. You I, just literally, literally, you learn all the players' names. You learn. Listen, bro. I'm, I'm game, man. I got a copy <laughs> of NHL 20. I still haven't opened, and I know half the cats in the NHL. I, I play whatever. <laughs> Listen, man. I'm, a, I'm right now. I'm at the point. I'm. This is gonna be my sixth week at the crib because I, I went in as soon as they said the thing crossed the lake, so across the pond, I should say. So I've been in the house for about six, seven weeks. I'll play anything at this point. Let's get it going. Well, y'all got MLS coming to the city, man. The so you're going to have to learn, at the very least, you're going to have to learn the MLS squad. Well, see, and that's what I'm waiting on. Like, I was, like real talk, I was waiting on that to be my stepping stool. Like, I'll start watching here, figure the game out, and then I'll go to the big leagues and get a team at, uh, on that side. Then, I mean, you can yeah. go on there. They got MLS teams on the FIFA, man. So you can get on there and yeah. run on their team. All right, I'm going to go buy. I, I get paid tomorrow. I'm going to buy FIFA <laughs> tomorrow. I'm keeping, <laughs> I'm, keeping myself, I'm keeping myself on a very reasonable budget. I just spend the gas money I'm not spending on things like that. So I'll, oh, yeah. I'll go buy FIFA then. I'll make room on my PlayStation and I'll play it. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll touch base on it. Y'all can beat me up online and, and, and do it that way. All right, well, man, thank you, Keith, man. Thank you all for listening to this oh, special you. edition of the podcast. We'll see y'all soon.